Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. It came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John, John was in prison, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, the important works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, said unto Jesus, Are thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, You go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Song of Solomon. Don't get nervous. Chapter 3, verse 1. By night on my bed I sought. I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. I will rise now and go about the city and the streets and in the broad ways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth. And then it was but a little while that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house into the chamber of her that had conceived me. I want to preach for just a few moments today on this thought. Look no further. Let's, let's pray together. Lord, we love you this morning so much. We just give you honor in this house and so thankful for you. God, we just, what a wonderful Savior you are. There are no words to describe how good you have been to us. But today, Lord, we want to settle it in our heart, God, that we have found you. And Lord, I pray today that we will hear what the Spirit is saying and that each heart will be ready to receive your word into good ground, that we can be changed and be better, be more like you, and certainly be ready to meet you when you come. We ask these things today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Clap your hands to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. And you can turn and tell somebody beside you, you, you can stop looking now. The search is over. You can be seated. God bless you in the house of the Lord today. Look no further. I will try to move along, not just rushing, but want to move along so that we can get to our baptisms and things today. We want to do these things, but uh, I think God wants to touch our heart with something in here today. In 1987, the musical group U2 had its second straight number one song by the title of, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. And you know you just sung that in your head. The song was produced so that it would have a more gospel sound and feel to it, which was different than anything else that you two had produced at the time, uh, with the lyrics describing a fruitless search for some sort of spiritual completeness. And I think maybe one reason it probably went to number one was not so much the just the talent of the group or the singer, but I think that this world can resonate with the thought that they still haven't found what they're looking for. This song has been used over and over in movies and TV shows and ads and uh, things that because of the lyrics, you know, when uh, to advertise their product to let you know we have what you're looking for, but uh, I think today that uh, the inhabitants of this world could really connect with that sentiment. I've been to the highest mountains. I've been to the deserts. I've been everywhere. I, st I, I still haven't found what I am looking for. 
And the fact is, is that people have always been looking. Even when they knew what they were looking for, they were searching, trying to find it. As far back Abraham is concerned, it says that Abraham looked for a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. The fact today is that people are still looking, searching for something to fill a space that only God can fill. The scripture tells us without the spirit of Christ, we are none of his. We're trying to fill, uh, you know, with the spirit we're adopted. We become his. We become part of the body. We have found something. But until that happens, we're trying to fill that void with a creator. It's, you know, when kids don't have a parent present in their life, they're always trying to fill that parental void with something. And, and when people don't know their father, when they don't know their creator, they're trying to find some way to connect, to find meaning. Who am I? What am I searching for? What am I looking for? What, what is it that I need? And, and Paul would go on to tell us in another place, and we are only complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. But this world, this worldly search is why we find the list that Paul would write in 1 Corinthians chapter this list is not I'm sorry I think this mic is is cutting out pretty bad isn't it? Let me, somebody will grab me another mic we'll take care of that but in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 Paul has a list and, and we read this because of the opening words know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God we think this is that list of all those nasty mean cruel ugly just born full of the devil kind of people, but it's not. It's a list of people who still haven't found what they're looking for. He said, don't you know that, uh, don't be deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves or covetous, drunkards, revilers, nor extortioners, they shall, they, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They were looking for something. But then, verse 11, and such were some of you, thank you, and such were some of you, but you're washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. This worldly search will leave you broken It'll leave you lacking. It will leave you hopeless. It will wear you out. But when you find the one, you will be justified and sanctified. Oh, when you find him, things are going to change. And the search will be over. You don't have to look any further. You realize that I have found what I have been seeking. The terrible thing in that list is that these, these things destroy our lives. And that's what happens. We, we get farther and farther away from what God intended us to be as we search the world for completeness. But it'll come to you. God's not going to leave you destitute. He's not going to leave you without an answer. For the scripture says, the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. In John chapter 4, Brother Green preached on this Wednesday night so great the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, she had spent her years, even though she knew there was a Messiah coming, she still had not found what she was looking for. In five different marriages and now one relationship where she was not married, she was still looking for an answer. But after her conversation with Jesus and after him revealing who he was to her, she runs back to the city and she says, come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did, is not this the Christ. No more wells that would leave her thirsty. No more wells that would leave her broken and heart, heart with heartache and pain. No, no more searching for something to quench that spiritual thirst, to fill that spot that only Jesus could fill. The search was over. And friend, I'm glad today that we can finally say we have found the one that we love and we can say that we have found the one who loves us with an everlasting love. I want to be just like that writer in the Song of Solomon. And when I found him, 
I held him and I would not let him go. There is no going back to a world without him now. I know what it is. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I know what it's like. I've lived on both sides of the fence. I've lived on the other side of the tracks, if you want to say it like that. But I know what it's like to live without God. I know what it's like to try to find joy and pleasure and, and meaning in things of this world. I, I tried the, the drugs and I tried the alcohol and I tried the, the, the different kinds of music and, and going here and going there and dressing like this and dressing like that, hanging out with this crowd, all the thing, anything just to give some sort of meaning to my life. But it never, ever did anything but take me lower, leave me wanting, leave me disgusted, leave me heartbroken, leave me hopeless. I had someone ask me the other day, they asked me how, when I, about my coming into the church, and actually it was a famous actress, and uh, she said, why did you come to the church? I said, because I was at the end of my rope. I thought it was pretty cool to get to testify to some movie star and tell them I needed Jesus. I didn't have any hope. I was at the end. And I was able to tell this person, that's why I came into the church, because I had lost all hope. I was at the end of my rope. And, and so I know what it's like, friend. We have tried it all. And today they're just inventing new things to try, trying to find a way. That's, that's why they, all this world is so big. About I identify as this, and I identify as that. They're trying to find some meaning, some connection. Some, it doesn't mean they're just born full of the devil, that they just are inherently wicked. It's the flesh of mankind that wants to connect back with its creator. And until somebody tells them where they can find a man that can tell them everything that ever they did, until somebody tells them about the Savior, they're going to be wandering around. I sought for him, but I found him not. I looked for him, but I couldn't find him until somebody points them in the right direction. They're still going to be looking, looking for something to fill that void. Oh, but oh, when you find it. Yeah, when you find it, you're going to be like uh, Matthew 13 and 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in a field. The which when a man hath found. What did he do? He just left it. No, he didn't want no, nothing to do with it. He didn't care. Oh, no. He realized that he had found something special. I, he was a treasure hunter. I'm sure he didn't just wake up that day and decide I'm a treasure hunter. He looked for things. He was looking for something. And this day, he found. He said he hid it. And for joy, he went and sold all that he had. And he bought that field. Because what I have been looking for all my life is here. He, he sold out so he could have the treasure of the field. This treasure will take care of my needs. This treasure will take care of my family. This treasure is going to provide everything that I have to have. And there's no way I'm just going to walk off from it. I'll sell it all just so I can have what I've been looking for. This is the big score. You see people today still go to these mountains and, and places and streams and they're panning for gold. They don't want just a little gold dust. They want that nugget. They want that vein. They want to find something where they're going to have, make some life-changing money. They want the treasure. And they sell stuff. They buy stuff. They do stuff and sacrifice just to try and find something that will fill a material need. But gold and silver will pass away. And money will fail, and health will fail, and fame and fortune will fail. But Jesus never fails. He never runs out of his riches and glory. He never runs out of the things that I've got to have. Friend, your cup will run over when you taste and see that the Lord is good. In verse 45, it says again, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he found one pearl, just one pearl, he found one. I'm glad there's just one. And I'm glad I found the one. I'm glad I found the one. He said he had found the one pearl of great price. 
he went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. Again, he sold out. He was a merchant. No doubt he had an extensive inventory. He probably had a lot of people that he sold and bought from and, and traded with, and they counted on him. But he said, this is my retirement. This is the rest of my life. This is going to identify me forever. I have found the pearl of great price. And he sold it all to have that pearl. And when you come to him and when you find the one, friend, when you really realize this is what I've been looking for, and that's where I found myself in an altar. I knew that this was the one that I had been looking for. I didn't know how to explain it, but I knew that there was something happening inside of me that I didn't want to ever leave me again. I had tried it, man. I, I was drinking every day. I was smoking dope. I was doing all kinds of things, just trying to identify, trying to fit in, trying to be somebody. And it was all coming up as a big, fat zero. But when I felt the touch of my creator, of my savior, when I knew that the breath of God was breathing down on top of me in that altar, I realized I'm coming to life. Something's happening inside of me. And honey, I let go of it all. I said, I'll get rid of every bit of it if I can just have this. I don't want to lose it. I'm here talking to somebody today. You've been searching. You've been looking. You've been wondering. It's not that you don't believe, but there's still something inside of you that don't have, there's a space. I can't explain it. I don't know why. I'm still looking. I'm still looking because you're looking for him. You're trying to find that relationship, that connection. You want him to fill that void. I'm telling you that that's what you want because I've been there. I've been there. I know what it's like. But both these men, they sold out. We used to sing it, are you sold out? We used to preach it, are you sold out? Or have you sold out to God? Are you, are you still playing with the world or are you sold out? Are you going to church on Sunday and doing everything else to the rest? Or are you sold out? Because when you find what you're looking for, he will supply all of your needs. And that's why the scripture will tell you, be content with such things as you have. Stop looking around for new stuff. Be content. Because he said, I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. Once you get him, you got him. There's one of my favorite stories in the scriptures, the, the man with the legion of devils. And after the Lord cast those spirits out, it says they come and they find this man. He's sitting clothed in his right mind at the feet of Jesus. But when Jesus gets up to go, I feel like this, there's some panic that set in with this guy because he said, I'm going with you because until you stepped on my shore, my life was a wreck. I don't want you to leave. But the Lord said, no, you go back to your city and you tell everybody what God's done for you. And I'll tell you this, that you don't have to worry about it. He's not going to leave you, and he's not going to forsake you. You don't have to think, well, I felt so good in church, but I'm scared to walk out into the parking lot because I'm afraid I'll just, you don't have to feel like that because he goes with you. You have the same Holy Ghost power in the parking lot that you do at the pulpit or in the altar. Yeah, you, at your job, at your home, at your school, wherever you are driving down the road, you have that same power to worship. Oh, if we would get in a habit of worshiping God at home like we do at church. Have you ever danced in your living room? Well, I, I dance at church, then you need to try it. Have you ever shouted in your kitchen? Have you ever prayed and cried and spoke in tongues in your car going down the road? We need to make a habit of touching God in other places besides just inside the sanctuary. Because when he came and when he moved in, when we found the one, the benefits go with us wherever we go. It'll go with you into your school, into your job, and into your city. It doesn't matter. It'll go with you in your home. It'll be there. Hey, don't, 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 don't mistake what I'm saying now. We can stop searching once we find him, but we never stop learning, and we never stop growing. Uh, but once we found him, I don't have to try to look for nothing else. 
well, I got the Lord, but uh, I still feel like I'm lacking. So you, it's amazing when I see uh, people of God and they're, they're just trying to fill a gap with so many different things. But be content with such things as you have. He is a never-ending source of living water, uh, of supply. He loadeth us daily with benefits. He, you know, I mean, he's, he's always the mercy of the Lord endureth forever. Uh, you know, what else do we need? God's got it. In, in John chapter 6, in verse 67, I think that's right, yeah. Jesus had been preaching, and a lot of people walked away from him. He said, from that time, many of his disciples, they went away. But in verse 67, he looks at the 12, and he said, will you also go away? But Peter said, Lord, who will, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We found something. And we believe and sure you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We found something. And we're not walking away. I'm going to be like that woman or that man, that person, that, that one they're described in Song of Solomon. When I find him, I'm going to hold on to him. I'm going to grab him. And I'm not letting go of him. I'm going to take him with me. I'm going to take him with me. Uh, I'm not ever turning loose of this. I have found the one that my soul Loves not this flesh, not this this flesh and blood, but it's what my soul loves. Now, don't get me wrong; I love living this life in the flesh, but there's something eternal that happens when you connect with Jesus, when you find Him. That's when you know this is what I have been looking for. This is what I have needed all along. But there's still the question, Pastor: How will I know? How, what can I do? Because as people, Jesus even said, there will be people in the last days saying he's here and he's there and Christ is here and, and there and he's over here in the desert. And this, this is happening, pulling fire down from heaven. And, and if it's possible, the very elect will be deceived. How will I know? I'll tell you how you'll know. By the forever settled word of God. Listen to what Jesus said to John's disciples in Matthew 11, verse 4 and 5 again. He said, you go and show John what you've heard and seen. Blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. So it's miracles, and, and should that be enough? God was showing John. This has been the plan. This is how, how you would know that Christ is actually here. Through my word. Because in Isaiah chapter 35, it says this. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Now listen, behold, your God will come. Somebody say, God's going to come. He's going to come with vengeance, with a recompense. He will come and save you. The Savior is coming. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. John, you want to know how you can know I'm the one? Because it was already written by the prophet in the forever settled word of God that when your God, God in Christ, reconciled the world unto himself, when your God comes, then the eyes of the blind are opened. Then the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb will sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert, woo, and the parched ground shall become a pool. And it shall be called the way of holiness. Oh, no, I, I'm sorry, I dropped down first. Uh, springs of water, the inhabitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass and reeds and rushes. God's going to come restore. He's going he's to fix. He's going to heal. That's what the prophet said. Matthew and Jesus said in Matthew, blind eyes open. Isaiah said, blind eyes open. The lame will walk. That's what Isaiah said. Death's going to hear. That's what Isaiah said. It's going to happen. He said something about the gospel being preached, Isaiah 61 and 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Jesus said, tell him that the poor have the gospel preached to them. That's what the word meek in Hebrew means. It means the poor. 
And Jesus read that scripture in the synagogue. He stood up and he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I am the one that you've been looking for. And you can trust it because it's the word that backs me up. I'm not just making a name. The Bible says he came, but he didn't make a reputation of himself. He didn't have to because the word of God testified who he was. And so, John, look no further. He is the one that you've been looking for. You know, John had had the physical sign of the dove and the voice from heaven. And he knew because God had told him, the one that you see, the spirit descending on in the form of a dove, this is the one. He already had seen all that, but he got in a place. How did I wind up in prison? How did I wind up here? And he's hearing about all these acts. He's like, I've just got to be sure. And so Jesus says, let me tell you how to be sure. Check the word. If it's the Bible, you can believe it. You can trust it. Look no further the scripture is true. And Jesus tried to tell them this over and over because the Pharisees would not believe who he was. But he said, if you, had, uh, if you believed Moses, you would believe in me. Oh, we believe in Moses. We believe what Moses wrote. Well, if you really believed Moses, you would believe me because Moses wrote about me. In John 1 and 45, it says, Philip findeth Nathanael. And he said unto him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He said, we have found the one that the scriptures talked about. We didn't just go find somebody and make a king or a teacher or a rabbi unto us, but we have found the ones that the scripture declares. Friend, even when he was born, shepherds were sitting out in the middle of their field by night but they did not just say, hey, you know, I'm bored. Why don't we go look for a baby and declare him to be the Savior of the world? But suddenly the sky lit up and angels said, behold, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And it says they got up and they went to, uh, to find this baby. They said, you'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. And it says, and when they found him, but they found him according to, to the declaration of the word of God. They found this baby lying in a manger just like the angel said. Friend, it was backed up. They knew it was him because the word had already declared it. Wise men came searching for him and found him, not because they just saw stars in the sky one night, but simply because they had been searching the prophecies. And they went looking and they found this child, this king. Simeon, an old man, but the Holy Ghost had told him, you won't die until you see the Christ. And one day while he was in the temple, here comes Mary and Joseph with Jesus, eight days old, and Simeon is touched by the Holy Ghost and says, this is the one. You found him. You can go in peace now because you have found the one that you were waiting for. You, you found him. And, 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 and now uh, even John. Hey, John, you did find the one that you came to prepare the way for. It was him, the Lamb of God, that's going to take away the sin of the world. It, it was him that came out of the water. This is my beloved son in whom I am well uh, pleased. And all of these things, John, were backed by the prophets and the word, the unchanging, infallible word of God. So what's that, what's, what's that for us then, Pastor? What does that mean for us today? How do we know that we found the way, the truth, the life? How do we know we've actually found the one, not just heard about him, but we've found him and that we don't have to look any further? It's in God's word. In Acts chapter 2, there are 120 gathered together in an upper room about. And they are there not just on their own just purpose. They uh, were just thinking we'll go hang out. Let's get about 120 and go. But they had heard from Jesus to go and tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the promise. So they went waiting because of the words of Jesus. And he had told them over and over while he was alive, he had mentioned to them, if you believe on me as the scripture says, that's important. 
Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, but they didn't know then because it wasn't yet given. He breathed on them before he sent them, said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He, he was telling them over over the, the, the woman at the well, living water, Holy Ghost. He, he had talked to them about it. And even John said, He's coming to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And while they were there and the day of Pentecost was fully come, suddenly the sound of a rushing mighty wind filled the room and cloven tongues set upon each of them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. It caused great stir in Jerusalem that day and people said, what's happening? These men are drunk. They're full of new wine. Something's going on. But Peter stood up and said, they are not drunk as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day. But in Acts chapter 2 and verse 16, he said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. The prophet said it would come to pass. God gave words to Joel and said, write this down because this day is coming. And on that day when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Jesus had, had lived his life. He had died. He had rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. And he had come back to dwell inside of each one of them. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above, signs in earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor, smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What was happening was what was written. He didn't make it up. They didn't create this, but they were simply a part of the plan that God had instituted from the foundation of the world, that the Lamb of God would be slain and that he would have a name that was above every name and that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. It was the blood of the Lamb of God that would wash away our sins. It was the Spirit of God that would adopt us into the body. And he said, it's going to come to pass just like the prophet said. And so when people ask us, why do you speak in tongues? Because this is that, that the prophet Joel, that's how I know it's real because it happened to them and it happened to us. I watched it happen this week to two other people for the first time. I was watching it happen over and over and over again. God is still pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Honey, let me tell you, you don't have to look any further. You don't have to go try all kinds of different religions. Just look at what the Bible says. What was happening was simply what was written. In 2 Timothy 3.15, Paul told Timothy, he said, Look, Timothy, from a child, you have known the Scripture. And it's able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Well, he did not have Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. And he didn't have First and Second Corinthians or Romans or Thessalonians or, or any of those letters. He said, from a child. When you were just a child, Timothy, you have known Scripture. What Scripture? The Scripture of the prophets that testify that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and, and you, you, you've got the Scripture that will make you wise unto salvation in Jesus. In Jesus? But he's, he, is he in the Old Testament? He sure is. <laughs> he, he sure is. And, and that's what I'm telling you today is that John didn't have to wonder if he had just remembered what the scripture said. A lot of people would have had a, could have stopped their search if they would have just believed what the scripture said in the days that Jesus walked this earth. They should have known. They were schooled in those scriptures. They should have known as soon as that blinded man, as soon as his eyes were opened. They should have known right then. Do you know, have you ever paid attention to this? That in the New Testament, in the Gospels, even throughout... There's no blinded eyes open. The man that was healed in John chapter 9, he said, has it ever been told that anybody opened blinded eyes? All the mighty things that Elisha and Elijah did, no blinded eyes. Because that was reserved so that they would know this is when your God has shown up. They, they needed to know how, uh, that this, they, we need a sign. We need to know. So he said, this is how you know when your God has come to save you, when the blinded eyes are open. 
But yeah, when the lame start leaping, when the deaf start hearing, come on. Lepers cleansed, gospel preached to the poor. This is how you'll know that the one is here. You don't have to look any further, John. I don't have to look any further for what it takes to be with him. Because the scripture tells me what I need. Peter preached, and from that point on, it said, he said, you men of Israel, and he began to preach Jesus of Nazareth to these, this crowd, this multitude, thousands of Jewish people that he was preaching to that day. He preached Jesus. He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 right quick. I, I, I know I'm, I'm hurrying as best I can, but I want you, I want you to... Uh, I want you to hear something today. I want you to know the scripture. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul wrote, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. We stand. By which also you are saved. So you're saved by the gospel that I preached. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, hold on to it, don't let it go, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you First of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that, that's the death, that he was buried, burial, and that he rose again, that's resurrection, the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel that Paul was preaching, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. That is the power of God unto salvation. Someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, sitting in the sanctuary, how did you know this was the right thing. And I said, because it was Scripture. They weren't telling me something that they couldn't point out to me. They weren't just quoting something and saying, you know, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way they were showing me in the Bible, in my Bible. They were showing me the Scripture, telling me, just like I'm putting Scriptures up here so you know I'm not making something up. This is in the Scripture. And I said, I could prove it through the Word of God. And I'd never had that before. So the Bible tells us we must be born again. It does? Yes, John chapter uh, 3, verses 3 through 5. Jesus said, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And except a man is uh, born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Be born of water and spirit, water, baptism, spirit, be filled with the Holy Ghost, just like they were on the day of Pentecost. That's what Jesus said as he got ready to leave. In Matthew chapter 28. Baptize them, make disciples out of them, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What's the name? Thank you. The name of the Father and the name of the Son. Not the names, but the name. The name, Jesus. Mark 16, 15 and 16, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. In Luke chapter 24, verses 46 and 47, he said uh, that uh, Christ had to die and then be raised from the dead. And then he told them, he said, now you go and preach repentance and remission of sin in my name, beginning at Jerusalem. So in Acts chapter 2, after he's done preaching about the Christ, he winds up saying, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ, and now Israel is pricked in their heart. And they say, men and brethren, what shall we do? We didn't recognize him when he was here. Now, how do we find him? And Peter said unto them, repent. Jesus said, preach repentance. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Jesus also preached remission of sins in my name. How does it, how, what is remission of sins? Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, because this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. For the promises unto you and to your children, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's why, that's why I don't have to look any further, because it's in the Scripture. And it happens according to Scripture. And this is the church in its beginning. It's never been more perfect than it was on that day when they were doing exactly what Jesus said to do. And you will keep reading in, in uh, Acts chapter 8. You'll see where Philip is in a great revival and it says he is uh, sending for disciples or apostles to come down and lay hands on these guys because they haven't received the Holy Ghost yet. 
but they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when the disciples got there, they laid hands on them and they began to speak in tongues uh, as the Spirit gave utterance, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 9, you'll read about Saul, who later we call Paul, but when he was converted, he was baptized in the name of the Lord and filled with the Holy Ghost just as they were on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 10, Peter is preaching to the house of Cornelius. They're Gentiles. They don't even really know the Lord, but Cornelius is a devout man. And the Lord said, and you can read it in your Bible. I'm not making it up. You can read it in Acts chapter 11 and verse 14 that the Lord said, send for Peter. He's going to tell you words whereby you can be saved. Well, the world wants to be saved, so how, do I, how am I saved? While Peter was preaching Jesus, the Holy Ghost fell and all the Cornelius' house began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And when the Jews saw this, they said, seeing that God has given them the Holy Ghost just like he did us at the beginning, he said, I command you to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In, in, uh, in Acts chapter 19, I always love this because I've told people, they say, oh, well, Paul said that. So I'll tell you what, if Paul was your pastor, he would tell you to repent of your sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, that's what Paul would say. That's what Paul preached. He said, I preached death, burial, and resurrection. Repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost. Does he really preach that? Acts chapter 19, he found John's disciples, and he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He didn't say, have you accepted anybody as your Savior? Have you prayed the sinner's prayer? He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, we haven't heard if there be a Holy Ghost. Well, then how were you baptized? Because being born of water and of the Spirit is crucial to being born again. It's the only way to be born again. And they said, we were baptized by John. Now, John baptized Jesus. But when the, these disciples of John, who were baptized the exact same way that Jesus was baptized, when they heard this, they were all baptized again in the name of Jesus. Paul laid his hands on them, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. They were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Why are we so adamant about this, and why do we just implore people, please get everything you can from God? We're not trying to put you into a mold or, or make you into something. We want you to have the promise of the Word of God. We want you to be able to hang up so you can stop searching so you can stop looking and realize now I can just start growing now I can just start learning now I can just start being everything that God wants me to be because I can show you in the Bible what happened to me happened to them that's why Paul could say in 1 Corinthians, put 1 Corinthians 6 and 11 back up there that's why he could say and such were some of you but the search is over because now you're washed, baptized, sanctified. Now, let's just, because I love to put scripture together. So just sanctified. Before Jesus left this world, he was, he, he was praying. And he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The Bible says we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, the word of God. So you see, we're born again. Washing, baptism is part of the new birth. So we are washed, we're sanctified, we are justified in the name. So how are we baptized? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God because without that Spirit, we're none of His. We're baptized into one body by one Spirit. We've got to have the Spirit of God. We found Jesus Christ. And to get into Christ, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. How do I get into him? Galatians says, don't you know that you that are baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. That's how you get into Christ. You're baptized into him. You don't sign a card. You don't say, I'm joining the church. You're baptized into Christ. Romans chapter 6, for we are buried with him in baptism. It's all according to the scripture. And that's how we know that we don't have to look any further. The scripture declares and backs what we have preached. I could spend all day teaching this, but I know we got to go. Yeah, honey, you can come to the music.
in the song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. The last line, and you can stand with me this morning. The last line of that song says this. You broke the bonds and you loosed the chains. You carried the cross of my shame, oh my shame. And then he says, you know, I believe it. But then he goes right back, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. The Bible says that we don't just believe the gospel, but we obey the gospel. It asks the question, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel? Well, how can I obey the gospel? The death, burial, resurrection. Repentance is death, dying to this world. Making a commitment. Brother Green talked about that the other night. Let me say this. It doesn't mean you're not ever going to make a mistake again or fall or falter. But you're making a decision. This is the life I now want. Burial is baptism. We're buried with him in baptism. That's scripture. And then resurrection. If that, that spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead dwell in you, he will also raise you up. That's scripture again. You know, it's just like if you had a bottle of Tylenol. Now I've got a fever. Ooh. Fever reducer. You can read that a thousand times and it ain't going to affect your fever. You're going to have to take the cap off. You're going to have to read the directions. Adults take two of them. You're going to have to get inside and, and apply it. You're going to have to look at the directions and say, now something can happen. It's not that belief isn't necessary. you got to have it. He that believeth in is baptized, shall we say. I mean, there's belief. Faith without works is dead. Faith is belief. Faith without works is dead. But there's got to be an obedience. To, you can read the uh, stop sign or the speed limit sign says 35. You can read it and say, I'm going 90. You're going to get a ticket because you're not obeying what the sign, the sign would keep you. If you obeyed it, it'd keep you from the ticket. The gospel is a message to be preached, but it is a message to hear. And it is a message to obey. What a sad line. You broke the bonds. That's you, Lord. You loosed the chains. You carried my, the cross of my shame. And, and I believe that. But I still feel like I haven't found what I'm looking for. There's still something there. And many times it's simply because we have it acted on our belief to obey the gospel. It doesn't mean we're hellions and devils and just mean ugly people. That's not what I'm telling you. We just simply need to obey the scripture. We think about Paul and Peter, well, they're them great men, them great saints of God. But there was a time when they wasn't saints of God. They had to do it too. In Jeremiah 29 and 13, the Lord said, And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. A half-hearted attempt at living for God will leave you sad, confused, frustrated, angry, bitter, because you never will really find him. You'll be like the, the first few verses of that song of Solomon. I'm looking, but I can't find him. I'm looking, but I can't find him. But you know what that person didn't do? They didn't give up. I want to go past verse 3 to verse 4. I don't want to I don't be my life summed up in verses 1 through 3. I want verse 4. And I found the one that my soul loves and I held him and would not let him go I found him because I didn't quit 
because I have believed in him for a long time and I've had a faith in God a long time, but, but I realize now there's still a yearning. There's something that I need. And, and, and it doesn't make, it doesn't mean like, oh, I've just lived a wasted life. I've been foolish. No, 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 no. Don't ever let anybody make you feel like that. Any faith you had yes. is bringing you to this point. Yes. Because Scripture tells us, this what I'm preaching is not, it's not about condemnation. It's about education. We need to learn. Apollos was mighty, a mighty preacher, but they had to pull him to the side and show him a more perfect way. They didn't say, "Oh, well, you just you really missed the mark." No, they they just showed him a more perfect way. Sometimes what we've been walking in is a good way maybe even the perfect way, but we need a more perfect way. We need to obey the Scripture. Not just believe the gospel, but obey the gospel. After today, you can say, I don't have to look any further. I have been born again, born of water and born of the Spirit. I'm going to be growing. I'm going to be learning. I'm going to be falling and getting up, but I found the one that my soul looks after today you don't have to look any further Jesus is here for you today he is knocking on the door it's time to open up and let him in because the gospel has been preached in this house today but will we obey it will we lay aside everything that would try to hinder us and say you know I'm not worried about Who's here? Who's not here? What's going on? Today, I am going to make that change. Let's bow our heads together. And let's begin to just pray. Hey, all of us, myself included, let's pray together a prayer of repentance right now. Just to get our hearts and minds in a place where we can hear from the Spirit of the Lord. Lord, we love you so much today. And God, we have looked high and low we have sought we have tried to find things to fill the space that only you can fill so Lord forgive us for that Lord we repent today and God ask you now that you would lead us and guide us into a more perfect way Lord let us see this gospel today and repent of our sins be baptized in Jesus name be filled with your spirit as the scripture says so that we can stop looking and start learning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.